and welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Thursday, November 9th. We are here live, live from the convention center in Chattanooga. Final day of the F3, Freight Waves Future of Freight Conference. Some awesome speakers today, so I'm going to kind of do a recap of the event. You know, I, I talked on Monday about the impact that the NASTIC conference had on me. Great, great conference. So glad I was there. Um, when I left the NASTIC conference, I really wanted to go hide someplace, park on a lake, and just chill for about a week. Um, that obviously didn't happen, and uh, I decided to just push through and come down and do this conference. I wasn't expecting a whole lot. This conference is about the future of freight. It's a lot of technology stuff at the fleet and broker level. Uh, so I was mostly coming just to, to meet some people I knew were going to be here, some old friends, some people I had been wanting to meet for a while. Uh, and I was able to do that. I ran into some people I didn't expect to see. Uh, an old friend from the early days of OPS. He's working at a brokerage now. So uh, that was a... Uh, really enjoyable to see him. Totally shocked. Um, didn't know he was going to be here. Have, haven't talked to him in years. Um, great guy, though. So, And then there were some people I, I was really looking forward to meeting, some people in the industry. You're going to be hearing more about that. Some people I want to collaborate with. Some people who do similar stuff to what I do, and, and uh, I've been watching them for a while, and I'm pretty impressed. And... Uh, We'll be talking about that. I want to collaborate with some people on that and expand what we do there. One of the books that I've been recommending since it came out and I read it, I read it when it first came out, I've been recommending it ever since, was um, a book called Never Split the Difference. It's all about negotiations. Uh, it's written by an ex-FBI negotiator. So this guy has negotiated it when life is on the line. And the book he wrote is just fantastic. It's called Never Split the Difference. I didn't realize he was going to be here. I almost missed him. Luckily, Brent came out this morning and said, uh, Brent Hutto from truckstop.com came out and said, hey, I, I really want to go in and see this speaker. And I said, who is it? And he said, Chris Voss. And I said, well, that name sounds familiar. Why do I know that? And he said, oh, he's doing something. He's an ex-FBI hostage negotiator. And I said, oh, yeah, that's it. He wrote the book, Never Split the Difference. Um, so I caught it. It was fantastic. Um, uh, excellent presentation. I really want to get him on the show. So, um, we're going to work on that. Unfortunately, he had to walk off stage and head back to the airport and get on a plane. So I didn't have a lot of time to talk to him, but, um, I'm really going to try to get him on the show. I think it would be a, a great show. There are some really specific questions I want him to help us with. He, he talks, obviously, a lot about negotiations at every level, but I want to get him, you know, thinking about the negotiations you guys go through and how we could, uh, how we could improve those. And he, he's just got some amazing material and, and great answers. Um, I could go on and on, um, just like last week, the, the people I've met, the, come on in. Yeah, in fact, one of those guys just walked in, um, Adam Wingfield. If you have not heard of Adam, you need to. Uh, Adam and I might be twins in the way we think, at least, right? Uh, hey, hey, Adam, could I get you to do me a favor? 
So I wasn't prepared to have guests on the show. I didn't think I was going to be hanging around so many cool people, but we could fix that pretty quickly. Could you call in and talk to me? Let me give you the number. 855-950-3835. And if, if there's going to be a weird delay, it won't bother me because of my headset. If it bothers you, you could just like step right outside. But uh, in fact, I'd love to, as soon as your call comes in, uh, Brittany, if you could just kind of send that call through and uh, I'll pick him up and we'll, uh, a little hack here on having guests on the show today. I wasn't, uh, wasn't prepared with a second headset. So uh, we'll get Adam in here in a second. I want, uh, I want you to meet Adam. I have a feeling him and I are going to be doing more things soon here. So um, we'll get to the calls in a, in a couple minutes, I promise. In fact, uh, if Adam's willing, maybe we'll tag team some calls, get a, get a second perspective on some things. So great conference. Um, I'm so glad I came. A lot of good things happened. Uh, a lot of things we, um, we were already working on. We were heading in this direction and I met a lot of people and, and, um, made a lot of connections that are going to help us do that. Uh, let me refresh here because I think Adam's supposed to be live. Oh, Adam, are you there? I'm here. Ah, fantastic. Uh, any problems with the delay? Is it working okay for you? They work totally fine. All right. So f the first thing I'd like you to do is is introduce yourself. If if people don't know who you are, uh, tell them what you're all about. Yeah, my name is Adam. I'm the founder of Innovative Logistics Group and Innovative Logistics University. Uh, I'm a former company driver turned owner operator turned fleet owner turned educator. Um, yeah, I've been in the space. 2024 will mark my 24th year in the space. I've seen tons of success, uh, but most of that success is fueled by a lot of failure and heartbreak. And my goal and my objective in this industry is to leave it in a better place than I found it back in 2000. Um, back in 2000, when I started as in this, it was antiquated. It was a lot of pain. It was a lot of folks that didn't have the resources and educational tools that they needed to be successful. And my goal is to help change the culture and the landscape and dynamic of the industry by providing a platform of education and also making connections to where we can actually make a difference. Yeah. You know, I don't want to get, make this sound weird or anything, but I, I'm wondering where you've been all my life. <laughs> We talk the same language. We talk the exact same language. And I love I love your content on Twitter. I, I'll never forget the first time I started looking over the content. I'm like, man, you know, we, you know, we're spirit animals of each other, man. We're, we're talking the same language. We're attempting to, to correct the same issue. And we have the same vision. And that's for the betterment of the industry uh, at the small carrier level. Because, you know, without the small carrier, there wouldn't be, uh, there wouldn't be an industry. Yeah, absolutely. We we all know the statistic that that it's the small carriers that that move the majority of the freight. And I, I've always said, and I, I think you agree with this, that if we teach a single truck owner operator how to be really efficient, that nobody should be able to move freight more efficiently than that guy. He's got all the skin in the game. He, he's right there, you know, at that level to solve problems. And we all know how many problems come up when we're trying to move freight. I, I think that if we want to make improvements in this industry and improvements in efficiency, it, we've got to help those guys become better. 
and it's not that hard. The, the things you and I teach are really simple. We just, we just have to reach more. So when I saw your material and how good it is, I said, I've got to work with this guy. We, we could use 10 more of us to do this. It is so, so great and to hear, uh, you know, hear that message because at the end of the day, you know, you said a very, very good point. It's very simple, but it's breaking down those barriers and those walls of, of trust that really is really the barrier of the connection that we need. And our only objective, man, is, is to help folks. You know, and if the thing is, is that you see so many people lose so much. I've seen people lose families, lose homes, lose cars, lose trucks, lose everything. Just for a simple fact of not knowing. And you and I, you know, off air had that conversation. We were just talking about that one particular owner operator, didn't know his numbers, but was losing almost 50 cents a mile just because of that simple fact that he didn't understand. And that stuff adds up over time. And what we want to do is just focus on those little, small, common denominators that we can help them build on, you know, understanding those variable and those fixed costs. Understand what your cost per hour is. Understand what your profit per hour is. Those things are so important, yet there are so many folks, so many folks that want to focus on other things that fear the whole focusing direction our own operators and our food owners should have. And it's just, it's unfortunate. It really is. You know, what What you're talking about there is, is what I would call mindset. And that's one of the first things I, I try to figure out is how do we influence somebody's mindset? How do we get them out of that that mindset that seems so prevalent in the owner-operator world that everybody's out to get them and and all of their problems are somebody else's fault and they get stuck in that mode. And one of the first things we have to do is is just get them out of that mode. Get the, And you talked about trust and, and build that trust with them and, and get them to see, look, if you could listen for a little bit, maybe we can give you another way of thinking. Here's one of the other reasons why I, I'm excited um, for the possibility of us working together going forward. Over the years, and I, I have to believe you hear this as well, people will say that the detractors, the haters, you think your way is the only way. That's not the only way. I've tried some of your stuff. It doesn't work in my operation or, or some version of that over and over. You think your way is the only way. Well, my way is my way. It's not the only way, but but it's my way. And it works. I've proven it works. It's very effective. You and I are saying the same message. The, the basics of how you succeed in any business are really all the same. Even the, the tactics we would use as, as owner-operators are all very, very similar. At, at their base level, they're going to be the same things. But you can sometimes present that in a different way. And sometimes you have, we would both have the same strategies. We probably have different tactics on how we get there. And I think that's one of the things that can really help us all educate and, and make this part of the industry better by, by having different options. You know, again, people listen to me and go, well, well, that's the only way. It's all you ever talk about. You talk about this. And I, that's right. I do. It works. And it's my way. And I say over and over, it's not the only way. If you've got another way, please share it with me. And I think that's what we're going to find, that you and I are really almost identical in our mission and our strategies. And I'll bet we have some tactics we could learn from each other and people could learn from the both of us. No, I totally agree. And if I, you, you came from Oregon, right? Yeah. There are probably 
30 different ways to get a Chattanooga. <laughs> right? That's right. The way you came is the way you came. Right? That's the way you came. That's the best way in your opinion. And there's nothing wrong with that. But ultimately, the destination is the same. And from an owner-operator perspective, as long as you're provided with different options that make sense and that are real factual that can help support you and get you where you need to go, then it's cool to have different. And it, like you said, your way may not work. My way, it may, it may not be as comfortable for you. You might not want to go through the, you know, through the mountain ranges three and four times. It, 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 it's up to you. But at the end of the day, the only thing that I care about more than anything else is taking these failure rates, these failure rates of when you get an owner-operator that gets an authority, and two years later, they go out of business. The only thing that I care about is lowering that. Anything else is just propaganda and noise to me. Let's come up with solutions, actionable solutions as an industry to help these folks because it's only going to make the industry better. It'll elevate the level of professional in the industry. It'll elevate the level of profitability and acumen. Those are the things that are most important to me and my, my team. And we run that heavily. And, and, and the potential and possibility of working together would be endless because we're teaching the same message. Going from Oregon and Chattanooga, However, we might go a different way. You might come up from the southern side when you come up from the northwest side. So at the end of the day, the message is the same, but yeah, absolutely. And I just, it just, it just pains my heart when, when we see that there is still such sporadic, truthful, just, just, just pointless education to help folks just kind of navigate through the down cycles and navigate through the up cycles as well. Absolutely. You know, it's it's not very often that I that I meet somebody that I, I click so quickly with. And, and I'm sure it's because we, we've had that same path. The, the only difference really in our path in this industry is I didn't start as a company driver. I, I had that weird situation where day one I was an owner operator and and uh, I, I've told my story yeah. many times. I, I almost failed a couple of times. I was close to bankruptcy. Um, you know, I, I made a statement this morning on my show. I was trying some new technology on the fly. We're still trying to solve some issues so that we can do what we do better. And I said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just going to do this live. Uh, if it doesn't work, um, I'll, I'll connect the old way and, and we'll move on. But, but one of the things I believe is I, I learned far more from my failures than anything else. And I, I'm not afraid to fail. I'm not even afraid to have the failure public like it was this morning. It's not that big of a deal. Um, I, you know, once I figured out that I learn a lot when I screw something up, uh, you know, a lot of times you start something new and you get lucky and things work. Well, if that's what happened, you learn nothing. You just got lucky. It worked, but you didn't learn anything. So uh, one of my sayings is fail fast and fail often. This morning, my failure only took me about two and a half minutes. Uh oh, Adam, did we lose you? I'm sorry, I just cut oh. out. I'm sorry. Oh, there you go. No, that's that's absolutely right. And one the one thing perspective, right? Coming from a company driver perspective, I learned so much in the beginning because I'm an observer. I'm in. I, I observed. I observed how they manage and mandated fuel planning and trip planning. I observed how they were so particular on speed controls and things of that nature. And I I wondered to myself, you know, so this this company here has produce success. So maybe if you follow some of the things you learn here and duplicate them, you can duplicate the success as well. And so I use every element, every level that I have been on to learn. And if some of the stuff worked, some of the stuff didn't work, some of the stuff was applicable, some of it wasn't. At the end of the day, the one thing that I learned more importantly 
is that creating and establishing my business first and being so focused on the business side on it. You got to wear multiple hats. There are times when you got to wear the CFO hat. You got to be a COO. You got to be the CEO. But at any time that you wear those hats, you've got to do your best at every single level in your own organization. Because one of the things I, I joke around with is that when we have, for instance, you know, we, we deal with, 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 with fleets, you know, yeah, which we consider a little large, you know, 100, 150, 200 trucks or whatever. And I always, when, when we're going through these breakdowns and these case studies and analysis with those companies, and it, there are times where I'll sit down with the, the, the CEO or, you know, the, the founder of that particular company, and there'll be times where we're having that conversation. And I'm having that conversation with, with Kevin. I say, hey, Kevin, you know what? As a CEO of this company, if I was in the board of directors, I probably would have fired you by now. And a lot of times that hits home because we forget about when we don't realize that as an owner operator and as a fleet owner or whatever, you don't have that level of accountability. You don't have anybody telling you what to do. You don't have anybody, you call all the shots and you call the last shot. And you don't have that spirit animal of being prudent, of, of, of doing the things that you don't like to do. And, you know, just like we just had the off uh, channel conversation, you got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. You got to be uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. You know, I mean, you, you might not be good at accounting and you might not be good at, at, at math or numbers or whatever, but you got to be comfortable with you know, it, we had this with talk and it, and it was what, 15 or 20 minutes. It went so fast and, and so many ideas were coming out. And um, you said something along those lines about the hard work, not working hard. You know, look, I tell people, don't misunderstand me when I make this comparison. Working hard is a given. You have to work hard. To, to succeed in business, there's no other option, but it's not enough. It's not even close to enough. And what I talk about is you have to do the hard work. I actually end every one of my shows with that phrase, you have to do the hard work. And what we were talking about is, is getting people to understand what that means, because a lot of people will respond to me and go, you don't know how hard I work. And I'll stop and say, no, I do know how hard you work and it's not enough. And, and here's the thing, if you want that hard work, you, you, if you want the working so hard to pay off, you have to do the hard work. Otherwise, you're just going to struggle your whole life. And 30 years from now, you're going to be working just as hard and you won't be anywhere. But, but if you can turn that switch and start doing the hard work, the things that make you uncomfortable. And when people go, well, what is the hard work? And one of my clues is, it's probably the one thing you don't want to do right now, but you know you should. And I think you and I have, have that same mindset, and, and we were even almost saying it the exact same way. Uh-oh, Adam, you're, you're breaking up somewhere. Um, Sorry. Oh. Sorry about that. No, you're, you're exactly right. Can you hear me okay now? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you know, we're, we're talking the same music. Talking to same music, Kevin. For the moment, I saw the content that you were posting, how you go through and educate, talking about numbers, talking about fuel efficiency, understanding how that impacts you. You know, because at the end of the day, if you look at it, you know, your average truck, your average tractor trailer is going to require about 14 to 15,000 gallons of diesel fuel every year. You've got to purchase about 15,000 gallons of diesel fuel as a rule. And if you think about that from a numbers perspective, on how important it is that every single station selection matters. I, every time I collect diesel fuel, it matters. Every mile per gallon that I gain or I lose, it matters. I got 15,000 gallons 
every year I find truth that I'm responsible for principal. All of that stuff matters. And and if we get the business side down to that level, that's when that difference is being made. Fantastic. Hey, you know, I know I kind of put you on the spot here. We just met about uh, a half hour ago and I got you on the, on the air already and I absolutely love it. I, I am excited about this connection. Um, I almost skipped this conference. I was really tired from last week and I've got some more things I have to go do. And I thought, you know what? I just, I need to be there. Um, and sometimes I believe in divine intervention and things happen for a reason. And when we do the hard work, and, and I got to tell you, being down here for me this time was the hard work. It was the one thing I didn't want to do this week. I wanted to go park the coach out by a lake and relax and and give my mind a break. And And for some reason, my intuition was saying, you know what, just suck it up. Sure, it's hard, but so what? Um, hard stuff is good stuff. And this is the way it pays off. That's right. That's right. Be uncomfortable with uncomfortable, man. And, you know, at the end of the day, man, it's the hard stuff that, uh, you know, people don't see. You know, people see the championships from, you know, your great sports teams, right? They see the championships from the Patriots. They see the championships, you know, the the, the, the Lakers and things like that. But they don't see the practices behind the scenes, the 4 a.m., the 3 a.m., all that stuff doesn't get the credit because it's all hard. And if you do the hard stuff, man, that's what, that, that's what makes a difference. And, you know, it's funny, just, you know, my last point is Alex uh, with Mother Trucker on stage, he talked about he was posting content for seven years and nobody will watch it. Oh. Seven years. Oh. Nobody will watch the content. Now he has, he said he has between 10 to 15 million people viewing his content a month. But for seven years, he had nobody watching it. You know how many people would give up? You know, people would just throw their hands up and say, you know what? You got to believe in yourself, though. You got to believe in yourself. You got to continue doing the hard stuff. And there's no overnight success. You know, yeah. it's no overnight success. That's it's over. it. It, 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 it. It is no microwave success, right? Absolutely. You know, just because you buy a truck, there's no entitlement. Oh, oh. You're not yeah. entitled. Oh, boy. You know, don't, yeah. I was going to say, don't get me started on that because that's a huge pet peeve of mine. But uh, yeah, another rat hole. Yeah, you, you and I are going to talk about that. That's no doubt. I, I do want to go back to Alex, though, because I met Alex for the first time as well. And here's the crazy thing about our world today. I, I don't know if I could be any more plugged into the trucking industry than I am. It's what I do all day long. It's what I've always done all day long. And yet here's this guy with with like a half a million followers on YouTube and I had never heard of him and he's out there. And when I did hear of him before I got a chance to meet him, I went and checked out his content and I'm thinking this guy must have like three or four other people helping him with all this content. And it turns out it's him. What a workhorse that this guy knows how to put in the hard work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he does the hard stuff and yeah. it pays off now. And he talked about the t-shirt line and things like that. But people just see the 15 to 20 million views though, Kevin. People yeah. just see the social media, the, 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 the guy. They don't see the fact that, hey, in his eyes or in somebody else's eyes, posting content every day for seven years may have been a failure because you have not been able to see the level of success. But you want to internal. You have to take that as an opportunity to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to keep grinding. 
I'm going to keep grinding because your grind set will determine your mindset. Oh. And that's the thing that you've got to continue. You've got to keep grinding. There was, a, there was a little nugget of wisdom there. I love that one. That's one you'll remember. Um, you know, I, I, I got to say that, 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 that learning his story, uh, there's a big lesson I could learn from him. I, I, I do a lot of the hard work. But there's some stuff that makes me really uncomfortable, and I'll tell you one of them what it is. If I put out content and it doesn't get interacted with, I'm almost crushed. Like, what did I do wrong? Why, why doesn't somebody like that? And then I tend to not put out content, or, or I go find another audience or something, and, and I, I, I can give up pretty easily on stuff like that. I don't like rejection. Most of us don't. And I, I think about somebody who posted and posted and posted seven years. I, I can't imagine seven days of rejection. Seven years. What? But you know what? But that's, that shows the consistency that's needed. And that's the entrepreneurial journey, man. Everybody's journey is different. You know, it took him seven years. It might take the next person to replicate it 17 years. Yeah. And what's for you is for you at the end of the day. You yeah. said entrepreneur is not for everybody. All right. I mean, I'm, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. And I'm not being Mr. Negative or Negative Nancy, whatever you want to call it, but it's true. Entrepreneurship is not for everybody. It's for the people that are able to do the hard work. It's for the people that understand the consistency that's necessary behind it. Now, if your mindset is not there in the beginning, that does not mean that you can't change it, right? Because you got to learn how to be a successful entrepreneur, right? That doesn't, nobody's born an entrepreneur. You weren't born an entrepreneur. Right. You learn the behaviors of entrepreneurship created success and a lot of those behaviors were not learned behind a desk they were learned in real life application failures hitting the 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 the, the notices of your bank account going low and that's that's where you learn but at the end of the day what i've realized is that, that whole entrepreneurial journey within our industry has to be articulated better yes it has to be articulated better and 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 our folks, our owner, they need to understand the journey. You know, I was just thinking about when you were saying that one of the things I I used to be really uncomfortable with, and and it dawned on me that that I had to get better because it was so important. And it comes back to this issue of being an owner operator is not for everybody. Being in business is not for everybody, and, and this is such a unique business with its own challenges. And I had to get comfortable. You know, before I'm a really positive, upbeat guy, want to help everybody. And and if somebody comes to me and they says they really, they say they really want to be an owner operator. I, sometimes I used to encourage people I probably shouldn't have been encouraging, and I realized I needed to stop that. And I had to be comfortable with with just telling somebody this isn't for you. And I know enough to know when I've met somebody. Now, it's not to say they can't change, and I always give them that opportunity. But I, I tell them, if if this is the way you're approaching this business and being in business, you, sh you just shouldn't do it at all. You don't, and a lot of people don't understand how much damage and destruction comes from a failed business attempt. It ruins lives. I've seen marriages lost. I've seen uh, careers lost over it. People get out of the industry completely. It, so I, I don't want to see that happen. But that was one of those things. I, I It was not easy for me to, to tell somebody that bluntly that that right now, that this really is not for you. But again, it, it goes back to the point. That's the hard stuff. Yeah. 
that needs to be said. Yep. And it's nothing wrong with coming back to it at some other point. But maybe right now is not the time. And you probably save people more by being honest. You save people more by telling them the truth and telling them the things that they don't, that they just don't necessarily want to hear. Yeah, I had a great example of this. I had a guy call in. He wanted my help. He was really struggling. I went through his numbers. We got his accounting together. I went through his numbers, kind of made it a little project on the air. And he would call back every day. I'd give him some homework. He'd call back. And at one point, like four or five days into this, I actually said, um, you know, I think I got this figured out. You just need to, to hang up the keys now before it gets worse. You're not going to make it. And he said, what? Why do you think that? And I said, I'm not hearing that killer instinct I need to hear. You're very lackadaisical about all of this. And, you know, in good times, you were doing okay. In bad times, you're going to get crushed. Uh, The numbers are so bad right now that I'm struggling to come up with a way out of this for you. But I want to try. And but I, I don't feel like you're at that same level. I feel like I'm trying harder to save your business than you are. And I told him he should probably just quit. And you know what? He came back and proved me wrong. He started doing everything he needed to do. And this was within a day, but I, I felt that shift. I really think by, by being so blunt with him and telling him what I thought the problem was, the way I saw it, that, I think he, we, you and I talked about this word. He was ignorant of what he needed to, to make it. But all he needed to be, he just needed to be shown. It, and that quickly, he changed. And we can all change our attitude in a heartbeat. It's one of the easiest things to change. You have total control over what you think. And he did it. And, and that was one of those where I, I had written him off. I thought he was done. And, and now I'm even more committed to helping him. You know, your attitude and not your aptitude determines your altitude. And the fact that you stood there and stood in the line of fire and told him, hey, listen, this may not be the best for you, that might have sparked something within his attitude to determine his altitude. And that's why it's just so important that mindset is, is, under, is, is one of the things that are focused on, especially when it comes down to this thing. Even me, when I mentor folks, that's the first thing that we address is the mindset because it's a battle. You know, entrepreneurship is it's a tug of war. It's going to be some good times, but it's going to be a lot of bad times. But you're defined from that. But you, you know, you're you're being honest with people. That's what needs to happen because there's so much dishonesty and there's so much stuff out here that uh, that, that, that that nobody nobody knows where to come from. Nobody knows the, you know nobody knows how to be honest with people anymore. You just got to be direct. I, I love it. Adam, I know that uh, you were up on stage today. You killed it. I heard a lot of people say they, they wanted to talk to you and they wanted to meet you. So I, I, I want to let you get on with your day. I know it's important to have this many people around. Um, but I got to tell you, I am really excited about continuing this conversation. Likewise, I sure am too. I can't wait to connect further on it. I appreciate you bringing me on your platform and being able to kind of speak a little bit. Love what you're doing as well, and looking forward to, to, to see what the future holds together with us. Fantastic. Um, what time do you have to leave today? Uh, actually, right now. Okay. Right now. Okay. I was going to say, I hope we had a chance to, to catch up a little bit before you go, but we will. Um, great talking to you. I'm so glad I got a chance to meet you, and uh, safe travels. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. Safe travels to you as well. All right. Bye. 
All right. So we got the we got the phone system back up and working. I didn't make the breakthrough I thought I had made, but uh, we're going to get to the calls. A lot of stuff I could talk about. We we've got a lot of calls, and I want to get to them. Let's um, let's go to Terrence in South Carolina. Terrence, welcome. What's up, Kevin? Sounds like you making a lot of connections on this trip. Uh, you know, I, I, I've been going I in your voice, I, the enthusiasm. I, I've been going to these kind of conferences for years and years. I took a little break through COVID and I, then I got to the point where I wasn't sure I wanted to go back to them anymore. And I, you know, I'm glad I pushed through on this one. Um, I honestly, I, I have probably made better connections in the last two weeks than, than a long, long period of time. I, I something was meant to be on this trip. Nice. Great. So I got my question. I got a couple of things, but uh, my, my question about the the coaching thing on that. So you're going to do like, like financial stuff too with that? Like this personal finances? Yes. In there? Yes. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll sign. I'm going to sign up for that. Definitely. Uh, just an update on my fiance. So we went yesterday to the thing and they're going to start chemo again. On the 27th, they should have started before, you know, a month, uh, three weeks after, but that falls on Thanksgiving, so they're closed. But uh, then they're going to do some immunal stuff, too, with it. I forget what it was called, but it's it's not good. And she's probably got about 12, 12, a year or so. Oh, but man. I'm having an issue with the house because... I can't, I can't, you know, I, I got to get, I put a lot of money into it and it's set, you know, it seems, it may seem, I don't care what anyone thinks. It may seem like I, I got to, that's all I'm looking out for. I'm not, but hey, I, hey, you know, I, hey, I can't make her sell it to me and she doesn't want, yeah. yeah. Um, one of the, like, I, I want to help you anyway. I can through this. One of the things I, I heard there, um, and I know we, we all think this way. Don't worry about what anybody else thinks on how you handle this. This is this is all you. I can't imagine what you've got on your mind because it, all of those things are real. You know, we can say, "Oh, well, well, why are you thinking about that?" Well, you have to think about that. All of those things are real. It, it, it is, and and it's it's twice as hard because of the emotions you're going through. So you know, just forget what anybody else thinks about this. You, you've got to do this your way, and and. I'm really anything I can help you with. I appreciate. It. I'll, I'll let I'll let you get. You know, like I said, you got the conferences and all that. And I'll I'll reach out to you like next week or something. Yeah, next week is a great time because really I, I've got I'm always busy, but I've got a month where you know I'm just kind of wandering around in between stuff. So I, I'm actually. As much as I would really love to just go home right now, um, this is part of the hard work again. Um, it makes more sense for me to stay in the eastern part of the country for the next month with everything I've got. Uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm going to use that time to the best of, of my ability because when I'm at home, there's a lot of other things I want to be doing and, and could be doing. When I'm out here, I might as well just work. Uh, I might as well just work all day and, yep, and yeah. half the night because what else do I have to do? <laughs> True. So please call me next week. Reach out to me and, and okay. uh, let's, let's, that, let's talk. Okay. I appreciate that. All, all right. right. I'll let you get on with the thing. And I, thanks Thank for you. all you do, man. You really, really helped me with this. 
Good. I thank you. You're welcome. Take care, and and let's talk soon. Let's go to Ohio. John, welcome to the program. Hi. So I finally made my mind up that I'm going to kick this PPI habit. Uh, I've been 20 years on the PPI the last four years. It's actually been twice a day. So two 40-milligram tablets twice a day. And I'm just tired of it. Um, So I started it. Um, I, well, before I started, I just went down to one tablet and then I started your protocol and I bought the beta teen, or if I'm saying that right, plus HP too, because I just thought I'm probably going to need that. Yeah. Betaine. Betaine. Okay. So I've, I've been doing it now for four days and I've been pretty good. I'm a little bit of heartburn, but not nothing I can, I can't deal with. Um, but my question is, is. When do I start and how do I use the Betaine Plus? It's not really in the protocol for anything like telling me what to do with it. So you do have our PPI protocol and you're following it, but you're just wondering how to use the Betaine. Yes. Okay. Down the road, I guess, when you do that challenge, it talks about um, after a couple of weeks. Yeah. So, and, and let me, the challenge isn't perfect. It's one of those tools that most of the time helps us. And I would even say up to about 20% of the time, it just doesn't work at all. And and here's why. And and I was actually an example of this when, when I was learning this stuff. We, we had to practice on ourselves. Um, for some reason, there are some people. So the, here, let me explain the way you do it. And then I'll explain why sometimes it doesn't work. So what we do is you're going to sit down to a meal. And you want it to be a, 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 a good size meal, like the biggest meal you would eat in a regular day. So sit down to a full meal and right before you start eating, you take a, a one, just take one betaine and wait a little bit and see if you feel anything in your stomach. And what we're looking to feel is, is some warmth. You know, even maybe a little burn where we're, we're dropping hydrochloric acid into our stomach. You, you want to feel a little warmth or burn. If you don't feel it at one, we wait four or five minutes. We do it again. We take another one. And then if we don't feel it, we keep taking another one. And when it works, when you get to that number and all of a sudden you start to feel that warmth, that kind of tells us how weak your stomach acid is. And it also tells us how much you're going to need to, to have good digestion. But when I tried this, I was up to like 13 and I wasn't feeling anything. And I said, well, this is kind of crazy. And, and I just ignored it. Uh, over the years, we've just learned for some reason this doesn't work with some people. Okay, but are you talking like if I decide to do that challenge thing, um, you take the betaine with all the other. No, if you if you um, want to do the challenge, you just take the betaine at that moment. So some okay, of the, the challenge is necessary. Uh, no, it's not necessary. And one of the reasons I say it's not necessary is there's some people it just doesn't work and it confuses them. Then, so it, it's it's a tool. Uh, it's a tool we normally use when we're working more one-on-one directly with somebody and we can kind of guide them. Um, but we put it in the protocol and we thought we'll let people try it and see what happens. But then when it doesn't work, they get really confused. 
So I, I don't really push that challenge as much as I used to. It's one of the things we've learned. Um, maybe we shouldn't even do it at all. Uh, maybe we just go through with the protocol and the challenges are your symptoms getting better over time. Okay, so did I, so that I then buy the betaine and I'm not going to be using it? Or? No, you, I, I, in your case, I would take two or three or four with a meal. It will help your digestion. And if you feel something, if you Love take it, the other yeah, well, so some of those nutrients you can take whenever, like some of them are, are just, we're, we're getting nutrients into your body with some of these supplements that are going to improve your digestion in multiple ways. And some of those can just be taken whenever. The betaine specifically you take when you eat. So, and look, I have really good digestion these days. I've been working on it for a lot of years. If I sit down and I'm hungry and I know I'm going to, you know, polish off about uh, 16 ounces of ribeye and, and three eggs and some guacamole, I'm taking some betaine. That much protein is hard for anybody to digest. And, and you know, I might take one, just a little bit of help to, to digest. And I notice that my digestion works a little better. Um, so, yeah, use that. Use the betaine. You certainly didn't waste your money. Um, I just wouldn't worry about the challenge. Okay, so should I start then adding this betaine in um, now? When you eat, yeah, you can. Well, with the rest yeah, with the rest of the stuff. Yep, and then then just see how well it works for you. Because the, the HCL isn't that hydrochloric acid also? Isn't that the acid we, also? We have multiple products that have HCL in them because it is such a, a, a boost to digestion, but there's different amounts. Some of our products, it's in there, it's in a really small amount, and it kind of works as a cofactor. Some of our other products are pretty high potent, uh, and we use that directly when you eat to help with digestion. Okay. So I, I don't, I don't, I'm not exactly sure, but I just bought the kit. I just, whatever you had that was in the PPI kit right. that I bought. Yep. And, that's, and then I added that betaine in, like I said. Right. And that's why I was addressing the betaine itself because you already bought it. So let's use it. And that's the way you would use it is you would, you would use it as a digestive aid right when you eat and you can kind of start playing around with the amounts. And the way to think of it is the acid is really going to help you digest protein primarily. It's going to help with that all digestion, but it really takes a lot of good, strong stomach acid to break down proteins. So if you've got a protein-heavy meal, you might find that you take three or four. And it, and it feels better. You feel I eat your digestion is better. And, and that's kind of how you're, you're going to guide yourself through this. Okay. Because I, I do, I do eat a little bit of vegetables and stuff like that, but I mostly, yeah, that's right. mostly just eat meat and eggs. And yeah, and and here's eat. one of the things we, you know, we realized early on that 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 is the best diet for the rest of your health by far. I I am completely convinced of it. Even more so now that I've been eating um, pretty strict carnivore for the last couple of weeks, and I'm, I I really like it. But we also realize that that is the hardest macro to digest. It really takes a lot of good, strong stomach acid to digest protein. And if you've been on PPIs, you don't have good, strong stomach acid. We've got to build that back. 
So at the end of this month, when I'm done with this, with the first uh, PPI kit, I guess, uh, if I start feeling uh, heartburn and, I don't know, regurgitation of the acid or whatever, I should right. start another kit? Yeah, that's usually our best advice. Okay. Um, the worst case scenario I've seen, we had to take somebody through three kits. Um, the other option that you always have for more intense one-on-one where we can take more time and dig deeper would be the group coaching. Okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'm going to try this on my own first. Perfect. And then, uh, I guess if I can't get it after the second one, I guess I'll uh, be calling up again. Sounds good. <laughs> more advice. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for the call. Bye. Let's go to New Jersey. Fred, welcome. Hey, Kevin. Good to talk to you. What's on your mind today? Well, uh, I've been seeing a lot of the freight waves, uh, the F3 there. So I'm glad you guys had a good time down there. Is it over today? It is. Uh, I'll be pulling out of here, uh, well, probably in about an hour. I got you. I got you. Well, I got some uh, discouraging news with my mother-in-law. She she doesn't want my help. She, you know, I, I told her what I would help her with. She talked to her doctors. Doctor says, "Well, it can't hurt," but oh. she just wants. So they had her. They had her on a roller coaster ride for digestion with Pepto-Bismol and Imodium. Oh, you and gotta so be kidding me! Like no, oh. no, and these are these are the doctors she has around her. So she's either exploding or she's constipated, and now she's in the hospital because she has blood in her stool. Oh, so, oh. you know, I, I, it, it pains. I want to go to these offices and, and put them in, in prison because I know uh, it's it, criminal. It pains me. This woman, it is, it is. And, and so, it, and I talked to her husband, my father-in-law, and these are, Kevin, these are my parents now. My parents have been gone for a while, and they treat me like a son, and I, I just, it, it, I want to cry. You know, and I, I sat with her and, she, you know, she's telling me these stories. And I said, I can fix you. Yeah. Let me help you. We'll sit down with your doctors. I am not trying to hide anything. I'm not right. talking about your medications that you're on. I, I will sit down with them. We will go through step by step. And she just refuses to. You know, that's the hardest thing we deal with. It really is. It, it, that one hurts me every time because you know, I believe in human nature. I believe we're we're all basically good. We all want to help people. And this is such an important area. And it's really, it's easy to help people when you have some of this information and we all want to. And, and it's, you know, it's the one thing we don't have control over. We can't control the response of the other people. And it's so frustrating. And, and you know you can help them. And yet this is what you run into. Yeah, and I told her, I said, I said, what we have to do is, she says, what are you going to do? I said, well, you have to listen to me. You can't listen to 17 people. I said, but we'll sit down with the doctors and we'll talk to them first so Perfect. they understand what we're doing. Perfect, and, right. You know, that's what I told her. You know, I'm like, I'm not telling you don't listen to your doctors ever. I'm just saying, right. we'll sit with them. I want to, just, to explain to them what I'm doing and show them what I'm doing so they, you can listen to me for a little while. You know what? And, yeah. and 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 that's not easy to make that offer to, to have to go head to head with a doctor on this stuff, because that's what's going to happen. I mean, I, I've dealt with these guys and, and they will look right at you. I, seriously, I've had doctors look right at me and, and sarcastically say, so where did you go to medical school? And my answer is 
right. reason I can help people is because I didn't go to medical school. That's the whole reason I can yeah. help them. They don't want to yeah. hear that, though. It, many, it, many doctors no, have a God complex. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's right. So uh, I, I, I'm sorry you had to deal with that. It sucks. It, it sucks yeah. that your mother-in-law could be healthier, but she's not going to be. She's going to get worse. And we know it. And it, yeah. it's it's really hard to deal with. So um, sorry you had to deal yeah, with she that. She has the Crohn's. She has this Crohn's going on in her intestinal tract, and I know this is all correctable, Kevin. I, well, well, I don't know much about Crohn's. I no, it's, it's absolutely correctable, but here's what's going to happen. At some point, I can make the prediction right now, at some point, they're going to take part of her colon out. Yeah. That's where this leads. You know, they're they're know, going to... The if, sad thing about this... The, go ahead. Does she have any other autoimmune conditions that she's taking medication for? You know, I can't get heads or tails of all the medications. Like I've said in the past, my father-in-law and her have half the kitchen table full of medications that, that uh, she's taking. Uh, they're, rec- they're still recommended baby aspirin, Kevin. I know. I know. Uh, even I, know, even the medical community doesn't recommend those anymore. But here's the crazy thing. They've, they've proven this over and over and over. Once the medical community is has proven that something was either wrong or we have a new way, a better way of doing it, once it's proven, it will yeah. take 10 years before it is a widespread practice in the medical community. Yeah. I, I, that That's just awful. So, yeah, so that's, that's where, I, you know, but th- this is, this is, you want to hear the craziness about this? This woman's in the hospital. My wife goes up to visit her, and she's on her deathbed. But when one of the nurses and one of the aides comes in, she perks right up, and she's joking with him. It's like she's she's a center of attention. I don't know if this is just psychological. Some of it is. I don't know what it is. Like, she called me. She called me yesterday morning. Was it yesterday? Today's what? Thursday? Yeah. She called me yesterday morning to find out who won in the elections locally because I'm involved in that. Like, this is what my She's yeah. in the hospital, worried about who got elected and what what built that. Oh boy! So it's it's just it's a it's a sick it's it's a sick dynamic. It is. Um, but you know, I'd like to talk to you when you next time, not this time, but I want to talk to you about politics and about things that I'm getting involved in and things that I'd like to bounce off you uh, and and just some just some ideas. But also, I also wanted to reach out and. My heart's breaking for Terrence. Terrence, if you need a soundboard, you need someone to listen, you need someone to talk to, you need anything, please DM me and I'll give you my number. You can call me. We'll chat. I'll just listen. Whatever you need, Terrence, I'm here for you. Too. Uh, it, it's heartbreaking to go through this. It's what I love about the tribe. I thank you for that. Um, yeah. yeah that's, a, that's a tough one. So, hey, um, since... since uh, so, oh, go ahead. Oh, I... I'm actually, I was procrastinating all week because I've been having so much fun with my grandkids that I'm on my way down to Texas again in my pickup truck to go back to work after a month and a half. So. Oh, fun, fun. Yeah. It's always a tough transit. So I had, uh, speaking of health, um, it's like today has turned into a second destin- destination day this week, which is all right. Uh, that's what free-for-alls are for, finding out what's on everybody's mind. I had an interesting encounter yesterday about health here at the conference. So this young man, I can say that now because I'm an old man, 
Um, this young man walks up to me, really sharp, well-dressed, uh, very fit, I could tell. Um, he's excited, he's eager, and he said, I keep hearing from everybody that you do a lot of health with truck drivers. And I said, I do. And I, I could offer him a little bit of advice. He probably, once he heard who I was, he probably should have gone and looked up my material because it wouldn't have taken him long. And I doubt he would have introduced himself to me at all, had he. So here's how it went. He starts off with, you know, I, I hear you're the guy, you do a lot of health with truck drivers. I, I want to tell you what, what's going on with me. He said, I, I, I'm, I'm a physical therapist by training. And he said, so now I know he's got a traditional medical training background. So I'm already on guard a little bit. And he says, I, you know, I, I just, I had like three truck drivers come in new cases all in the same day. And he said, it, it kind of opened my eyes. So I started looking and I realized how unhealthy truck drivers are. And I congratulated him. Um, you're absolutely right. So he said, I, I went back to school to become a nutritionist. I didn't ask him what program. Was like, yeah, I know. So I said, oh, oh, good. I said, um, so I, I just, I didn't say anything at that point. I just kept talking to him. And it didn't take long for all the red flags to show up. And here was the sentence where the entire conversation went sideways. Um, I heard him say, we work with these guys on diabetes management and hypertension management and obesity management. And I said, how the hell do you manage obesity? You're either fat or you're not. What do you mean manage obesity? I, 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 that doesn't even make sense to me. And I said, and what do you mean manage diabetes? Why would you manage diabetes? I cure it every day. And he, he just, his eyes got big and he was shocked and he didn't know what to say. But I'll give him some credit. He hung in there. Um, so then he, we got off on some food ideas. And, and I heard another phrase. He said, well, we just have to help these guys stay away from calorie-dense foods. So now I know he's pushing the low-fat, low-calorie model. And I said, stop right there. I said, the most calorie-dense food there is is fat. And these guys need to be eating a lot more of it. I said, every human being needs to eat a lot more fat. We've got to get over our fat phobia because low fat is, has killed more people than anything else I can think of. And at that point, he, I think I had overloaded his circuitry and he looked at me and said something like, it, it, it's nice to meet you. And he walked away. So I, at first I was excited. We've got people. Yeah, and at first I was excited. We've got people that are actually in the industry trying to help truck drivers. And unfortunately, now I will do everything I can to either get him to understand how to do this right, or I will do everything I can to tell other people not to listen to somebody like that. Right, right. And that's, the, you know, we got to do it one, step, one, one person at a time. Uh, you know, X, X and all the other social medias are a good place to start to get generalized in there and get some conversations. But, you know, we, we, we're still there where we're yelling at one another. We're not, we're not listening to one another yet. So hopefully that'll change. We've got some ideas. Uh, spaces are coming back next week. I know. I've been in a lot of them it, uh, politically and, and 
it's a it's a great tool. I hope it keeps getting better. And I will have to say that at this conference specifically, that is the single most common thing I've heard when people walk up and introduce themselves and shake our hands. The next thing out of their mouth is, when are you bringing spaces back? Kevin, yeah, it's, it's been such a bridge for me hooking up with people and getting and getting to meet people and I mean I, I was actually talking to Congressman Matt Gates last week. I mean it That's was it's awesome. amazing. It is amazing with the reach yeah. the reach that you can have. You know? Yeah, that's so incredible. It, it is definitely uh, uh, such such an awesome tool. And and you know, I think the conservative minded people are still being somewhat throttled on X. Um, I don't think Elon Musk has worked all the bugs out, but we're still getting voices out and you know, I think with the health spaces, we may get a little pushed back and maybe a little throttled if we get too loud. But that's okay. We could just keep moving forward. I think absolutely. You know, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm happy that that you said that. Um, uh, you know, uh, that's that's an awesome thing. I uh, you know, I always love to uh, interject when, where I can, and hopefully not overstep my boundaries there. But um, you know. Uh, if, if you're not crossing the line once in a while, you have no idea where the line is. Yeah, well, I said in the States this morning, I'm going to hurt some people's feelings here, but this is my opinion. There you go. Yeah, warn them ahead of time, but here it comes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Exactly. Well, listen, it's a pleasure talking to you today. Um, sorry I missed you guys. I wanted to leave on Monday and get down there and hang out a day, but I... I just, I had too much fun with my, my grandson's going to be a year old Thanksgiving. And I just, he just, his personality is just amazing. There you go. Enjoy it. And she has me wrapped around her pinky, you know, so I love this. Enjoy it. Hey, Fred, great talking to you. We'll talk to you again soon. Um, We've got a couple more calls and uh, I've got a little bit of time today. I know it's noon. I said I was only going to do an hour, but we are not doing, uh, rolling toe today so i can take a little more time here i do want to make sure i i get uh get to say goodbye to and yeah i want to make sure i say goodbye to a couple people and there's at least one more connection i still want to make but uh i've got time before i get to the next couple of calls i want to remind people group coaching is launching today at three o'clock now um We have some technology issues I need to work out. I didn't expect to be on the road when I was doing this first call. When I left, I was not planning on that. Um, I didn't bring some things with me that that may have helped, Uh, but we'll pull it off. It might just be a little bumpy at the beginning. The other thing I'll tell you about today, today is, is really just launching the program and helping people understand what it is and how to get the most out of it. I also want to let you know that this is this is coaching. It's not teaching. So if you're used to Zoom calls where I have a whole program outlined and I talk for 45 minutes and then open it up for questions, that's not how coaching works. With coaching, I want to get right to people's specific problems and start helping them troubleshoot and fix those problems. It, it doesn't make any sense for me to come in and talk about metabolic syndrome when there's seven people there that have problems that aren't metabolic syndrome. And even if they were, they've already heard a lot of the other stuff. This is, this is also, we could call it the advanced program. I've been asked a lot of times, whether it's business or money or health, you know, we've been through your programs. 
Um, but we, where's the advanced program? And at first I tried writing it and I couldn't understand why I couldn't write an advanced program. I'm a pretty smart guy. I know how to do this stuff, but no matter how hard I tried, I'd look at the material and go, that's just not valuable. That's not going to help anybody. And it took me a long time to realize you can't write an advanced program for this stuff because once we get past the basics, then everything becomes very specific to each individual's situation. And to try to teach a concept and then apply it to a 10 different situations, I'd end up with the Encyclopedia Britannica and nobody would, would, would be able to benefit from it. That's how this program was developed. It's not a teaching pro. Well, it is a teach. You're going to learn a lot, but you're going to learn by watching me and listening to me troubleshoot very specific problems. So that's, and we'll talk a lot more about that today. In fact, that's probably all we'll do in, in the coaching call today is just kind of go over the basics. Now I will take questions absolutely today. Um, but we don't have all the, the, uh, the homework done right now. You know, I, I, if I'm going to help somebody, I need Nutri-Qs and food journals, and, and I'll explain all that to you later today. But I want to remind people that um, we are launching the coaching program today. There is still time to sign up. If you sign up today, you're going to get the $52 a month program, which is um, lifetime as long as you stay in the program. So if you're, and you can come in and out of this program anytime you want. There are no contracts. There are no long-term deals. You, you, if you want to be in the program, you can be. If you want to stop, you can stop. But on that special, which is a killer special, $52 a month, uh, you got to stay in the program to keep that price. If you drop out and come back, you're more than welcome to come back. But you would come back at the regular price of $72 a month. And I got to tell you, now that I know, you get both coaching programs for that price. This is the deal of the century. This is a really, there is a tremendous amount of value uh, in that investment, and it's not a whole lot of money. Uh, I'm going to get to some calls. Let's go to Tennessee. Ilya, welcome to the program. Morning, Kevin. How's it going? Good. What can I help you with today? Um, I was calling actually because I tr I finally tried the fat digestion kit. Um, from listening to all the calls, I've noticed like I was having basically like the generic uh, fat digestion problems, and I was doing like uh, carnivore and keto. Okay, and so it worked. It worked for me pretty well. Probably like I'd say like a week and a half, and like it was like the whole problem was gone basically. Excellent. Um, and I finished the protocol but and that was maybe i think in september but what i noticed now was like one of the main ways i knew like i was fully in keto like for example like if i maybe ate too much of something that maybe kicked me out of keto the way i knew i was back in keto was if like the cramps started you know like the leg cramps right. or whatever right so the thing i noticed now was i don't remember the last time i had a cramp like with my legs at all. Awesome. And the only thing that changed was I did the fat digestion kit. Yeah. So, you know, we need like, nutrients to fix problems and you're eating the nutrients, but if we don't digest them, it's not, it's like you didn't eat them. So when, when we help digestion, you do see a lot of other things improve. Yeah. That like, that was, that was like a, 
I don't know, no matter how many electrolytes I drank, no matter how much water I drank, everything, like, I would get cramps, like, multiple times a day. And now it's just like, wait a minute, I don't remember the last time I had a cramp at all. I was like, wow. And, like, I eat the same thing every week. So that was literally the only thing that changed. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. I'm glad it's working for you. Yeah. Yeah, so I want to say thank you about that. That was awesome for both of them, actually. Uh, and then last thing, I just wanted to add on there. I was listening to a business show uh, the other day. And this girl, she had like a, a company she bought when she was younger. It was uh, eggcartons.com. And uh, she she said this line, like it wasn't really part of anything, but she said this line and I like caught on to it. And I thought you'd enjoy this line that she said. She said, America became great, not with equality, but with freedom and opportunity. Oh, oh, and that was like, that's, wow, uh, that kind of relates to everything going on now. So profound. Absolutely. And I say, you know, here's the problem, what they're trying to push on us now with all the inclusivity and all the other woke bullshit, they are trying to create equal outcomes. That is a that is a, a horrible approach. What we want and, and to go along with what she said, what made this country great were equal opportunities, not equal outcomes. You can never create equal outcomes and you will destroy yeah. human spirit even trying. I, 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 I don't even understand that idea. We're never going to have equal outcomes. How could we? We're all different people. We're all going to put in different effort. We, we have different thoughts and, and you know, it, let's take it to a ridiculous extreme. I've all, I, I mean, if I could be anything, I would love to be able to sing and play an instrument so well that people would pay to come see me. I want to be a rock star. You know what? It's never going to happen. I'm ugly and I can't sing. So, so how do you create yep. an equal outcome for me when, I, when there's somebody out there that has incredible amounts of talent and they work to develop it and I think I should just be able to step in and get the same reward they got? But that's what we're pushing for here. Mm -hmm. That's what all this is, is trying to do. And any intelligent human being should look at that and be terrified. Yeah. And even like the other group of people like complaining about the rates and everything that like want automatic profit and all that, exactly. like it relates to all of that. It's the exact same thing across all of these issues, but that's, that is why this whole thought process is so dangerous. You know, look, if I really wanted to be a rock star, I have the same opportunity everybody else had. I could go hire a voice coach. I could learn how to play an instrument. I could put in all those hours. The odds are I still wouldn't make it. I might be, you know, playing the lounge at a Holiday Inn somewhere. But but so what? I had the opportunity. That's all I ask for. And that's all any yeah. of us should want. And And the reason that's such a wonderful thing is because in many parts of the world, you don't have those equal opportunities. Yeah, I actually, I'm like lived like kind of that, like that exact scenario. Uh, I don't know if you remember talking to me about like the restaurants, how I came out of the restaurant industry a few yes. weeks ago. Yeah. And how that applies to the trucking and everything. So I originally went to like basically like the Ivy League of culinary schools in upstate New York. And it took the me CIA. four years. Like, we, yeah, yep. Yeah, you and went, uh, we you started went, with, I, I, you know, I wanted to go there one because I love cooking, but two, I thought it would be cool to tell people when I meet them. I went to the CIA. 
Yeah, it was crazy. A lot of the chefs, they're like out of the army and everything. We started with my class. We started with, I think, 205 people. By the time I graduated, there was like a little bit over 30 left. All the other ones didn't make it. And then. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so by the time I graduated, like I had to do like all the internships and externships and stages and all that stuff, a lot of which was for free. By the time I like worked my way up and got into management, that's when they were starting the whole like $15 minimum wage thing. And I'm like, I just got the 15 an hour minimum wage, like for management. And these people are getting that for like dishwashing. I'm like, it was the most annoying thing ever. It took me like years to get there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, great stuff. I'm glad, uh, I'm glad things are working for you. Once you get your digestion working right, a lot of things start to fall into place. All right, Kevin, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right, great talking to you. Let's head north of the border. Lucky in Toronto, welcome. Hey, Kevin, how you doing? Good. What's on your mind today? Uh, good, good. Uh, I've been off the road for about four months, and I just had a health issue with my daughter. She's 16 years old, and um, she basically started having anxiety and panic attacks. Okay. And she's also hearing hearing voices in her head basically saying suicidal thoughts, suicidal things. Let, um, let me and ask you something real quick. Uh, real quick. Has she been prescribed yeah. anything for this yet? Um, that's what I was going to get at with you. Um, well, the mainstream medical system has been popping drugs in her left, right, and center. Uh, and half of the time, she seems like she looks like a zombie. And um, well, basically... I'm off the road uh, and the truck's parked and she's basically looking at me like I feel like I'm a burden on you. And it's just so much going through her head. And what I'm trying to do is just get her diet right, get her exercise, but nothing's really working out right now. And I was just wondering what kind of advice you can give for me. I can give you a lot of advice right now and I will. um, But I also uh, want to offer you this. Because Kevin, you changed changed my life. Um, I started eating right and I started getting myself right. And I listened to you religiously. And these last four months have been the craziest time in my life. I never thought my hardest, biggest challenge in my life is going to be how to keep my kid alive. So let me, let me, I, and I will give you some advice today before we hang out, but I also want to make this offer to you. I want to give you and your daughter a scholarship into my group health, health coaching program. Mm-hmm. If, if she's willing to do that, and even if she isn't right now, if you are, um, I, I want you to be my guest in that program. I mean, I'll give you three months at no charge, and, and we could do a lot of good mm-hmm. in three months. If, if you and your daughter are willing to do that, or if just you want to come in and, and learn as much as you can, it would be much more effective if you could get her um, in on the calls with me, and I will work with her directly. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons I yeah. asked about the medications is there is some evidence. It, it, do you yeah. know which drug she's on? Um, she was on fluoxetine and then now she's on fluoxetine for anxiety, depression, and they had a little bit of, for the voices in her head, and they were giving her Resperidon and Seroquel. Oh boy. And so basically that's stuff. where we're at. She's on some heavy duty yeah, stuff. Um, I know, I can tell she's, uh, she's just zoned out sometimes and, so, and I, like, I keep trying to tell her that, hey, look. When finances is not your problem, that's my job. You got to get yourself right, and, and I'm here with you. And and right now, as far as my help with this, don't worry about the money. 
It's not going to cost you anything. Um, when, no, when, I'm just, I'm, I'm yeah, not. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I say finances. I'm just, I'm just, what I'm saying is that, you know, what are finances if something happens to my kid? That, that's exactly. not, it's just that right. every little thing feels like she's a burden on me. Yeah, and then yeah. I lost my job. Now I'm driving they, Uber just to make ends meet. And, and that's all I'm just kind of no, taking I, every little thing negative. So here, and, and here's one of the reasons some, some outside help can be really powerful. I can, it, throughout the coaching, I can work in those things that if I tell her, you're not a burden to your father, this is the, he's your father. He, mm -hmm. it, sh I think she'll receive it differently than if you're telling her. So it's just one more thing um, I may be able to help her with. When, can you remember roughly mm -hmm. what, when the first time they prescribed something to her? Um, this all started in uh, July. So, it was like so uh, in, in July, yeah. So the reason I'm focused on this, there is some evidence that there are certain mental health drugs that I, I had a really hard time believing this, but there's some evidence out there. It's hard to find because they keep this kind of stuff buried. But there's some evidence that some mental mm -hmm. health drugs change your brain chemistry with just one dose. And some of those changes aren't reversible. So, and the longer you're on those drugs, the more your brain chemistry changes and the harder and harder it is to reverse. SSRIs are some of the worst. Uh, I don't yes. think any of the three she's on was, or that you mentioned are SSRIs. I'm going to look all three of them up to be sure. So it's good that she's early mm -hmm. into this. I can, mm -hmm. I can give you an... I want to say guarantee, but I, I'm not going to quite push that far. But I can promise you this is very, very fixable. I have seen some incredible results around this with just diet. It, no counseling, no no drugs. I have seen some incredible results. Diet is junk. No, I know. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure of you, you didn't have to tell me that because yeah. that's all that's that's the only reason a 16 year old is struggling with all this. I, I, I don't even need to be told that I know what it is and I know how bad her diet has to be because her symptoms are so bad. And that that's the good news, though. Um, our job is just to build some trust with her so that she's willing to try our way. And if she does, I, I can tell you, we can fix this. I have no doubt whatsoever. I used to I used to not be so confident on mental health issues. I've studied it a lot. I've, I follow some some doctors who specialize this and and they are traditional doctors, but they have learned a better way. And and I follow them and I have seen mm -hmm. the results they get from this. And I've worked with people. So the good news is here. She's young. She hasn't been on these drugs a long time. And we could turn this around and fix it, and, and it will be life-changing for her. Kevin, you know what? That, that's what I'm looking for. I, I've looked at everything, took it to church, did different things, took it to our temple. I'm Punjabi, so I took it to our temple. I, I started praying every morning, and it's just that every now and then she has three or four good days, and then she has an episode again. And that, that, that pattern will continue. And pretty soon it won't be three or four days. It'll be three and then it'll be two or three and then it'll be two and then it'll be one. And pretty soon she won't have any good days. 
Yes, that's what I'm afraid of. Yeah, and I'm not trying to scare you. That is the pattern, and it, it, we can break that pattern, but if we don't, that that's what she's looking at. I gave him three or four months. The doctor, I went to the doctors and doctors, so what do you think you're doing different that's not helping? And I flipped, man. I was like, yeah, what sure. are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Why are we keep taking drugs? You tell me. Right. Right? Like, what do you well, think? I'm the father here. Yeah. Like, I'm going to keep my kid healthy and safe. You tell me what you're doing. You don't like, even know my daughter. I know my kid, right? You tell me what you're doing wrong. Why aren't your drugs working? Well, they don't work. They're never going to work. They don't yeah. work in any case, and they're never going to. The, it doesn't address the root cause of the problem. The drug is a big band-aid that sometimes makes people feel a little bit better. But that won't last, and that's why they keep changing drugs. It, their, their solution I, does I work, not work and never I mean, will work. I basically work for them. I, I go, you know what, I'm going to give it a shot. I'll, I take my kid out for breakfast in the morning. I take her to the gym. I'm taking her out, trying to get her right. I'm doing all those little things, getting the waitress to give her a comment that she's doing great. And, you know, you're looking great, stuff like all these little things I'm trying to do. Get her to do 20 minutes on the bike. And I'm thinking, you know what, it'll work, it'll work, but it's not working. It, right, right. Well, it, let me help you. Yes. If you can make it today, um, I, I'm going to put you back on hold. And I know I just sprung this on you. Yep. If, if you need time to think about it, that's fine. I'm going to put you back on hold and I'm going to mm -hmm. help Brittany... Um, get it set up so that if you want to join my coaching call today, you can. Mm -hmm. No, that'd be appreciated. I'm like, uh, like for me to just keep, I'm not going to give up. Right. So basically I just want to try everything possible. I, I let the medical system do their thing get, and it's been four months and, um, I can't see my kid like this anymore, man. Give me a chance. Definitely, Kevin. You changed my life on the road, man. Fantastic. I, I'm, I'm gonna, Much appreciated. Much uh, appreciated. You're welcome. I'm going to put you back on hold. Brittany, if you could um, get him set up for the coaching call today, I would appreciate that. Let's uh, let's go to Texas. Mark, welcome to the program. It was a pleasure hanging out with you. Yes, it was. It was too short. It was. Uh, look forward to next year because I'll, I'll be back. Uh, I got, I had, that that kind of covers nasty right there because there's not much left. I, I got two other topics that, that I thought about while I was on hold. One of them is a book about what's going on right now. And the other one was about that last caller. And both of them are the books I'm trying to get through right now. The the, the health book I'm trying to get through right now is uh, what's, uh, the Niacin, The Real Story by Abram Hopper. Oh, yeah. He's the main author. And of course, he's deceased. And one of the most poignant things he says in there is there is no mental illness caused by a lack of a nutrient. I mean, excuse me, I, I completely butched that. There is no mental <laughs> illness caused by a missing drug. Yeah. It's a lack of a nutrient. And for him, he says it's niacin at high doses. So, uh, because, you know, you see all of these with people that have mental illness and, you know, what's going on with that kid and all that. And they, and they want to prescribe a drug, you know, the SSR and all like that. Well, he said back then that, you know, that the, 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 the pharmaceutical industry, and this is back when he's, he's, he's deceased. He lived to be 90 something. And you, anybody can look him up. I mean, he was famous and uh, he's kind of right up there with Linus Pauling. And, but he, and he was a regular doctor, but he believed, he said niacin was one of the best supplements that most people are missing out on. So, uh, but yeah, you know, that they, 
they try to prescribe a drug when it's just nutrients that's missing that causes that. So the second thing is a book that I was listening to. And I, if you go ahead and you, you go ahead and comment on that, but then I get the other book. Uh, now go ahead. My comment wasn't all that insightful anyway. So go ahead. Okay. Uh, so I was at 11,500 feet trying to sleep Sunday night. That was Sunday. Yeah. Sunday night. And I, having trouble sleeping. Uh, I think I think I ate something wrong during the day or whatever. I had a book going because uh, I didn't have an internet connection. So I had a book going on Audible. And it's a book that I got a while back and I finally started to listen to it. And it's called The Changing World Order by Ray Dalia. You familiar with that? I am. I've read that one. Oh, you read it? Okay. Yeah. Yep. It's a really interesting book and it covers a lot and a lot of history and all like that. So and I guess there's not much else to say since you read the book, so uh, since you know what it's all about. But I think it's a very interesting book for these times right now. It is. So, it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, and, you know, he covers in there, one of the things he said, you know, right now I'm on the, the rise and fall of the British Empire. Because, you know, it was like before our reserve currency, our dollar was a reserve currency, it was the British pound. And before that, it was whatever the Dutch is. And but one of the things he said in there, he was talking about how, Nations rise and fall. It all has to do with economics because a certain amount of people get really rich and then the poor get really jealous and then they want, and then they, and there's the rise in populism, which is what we see today. And one of the things he said about the rise in populism is that when it's conservative rise in populism, it's considered fascism. When it's a, a left uh, rise in populism, it's considered communist. And both are destructive. So, and that's kind of what, you know, and, and it, it always falls to a charismatic leader that everybody is drawn to. And we can kind of see that right now with certain people out there. Yep. They get a charismatic and tell people what they want to hear and they all like it. And then, then when they get that person, that person turns into a real authoritarian and bad things happen. Yep. And, you know, until until they don't happen and then everything starts all over again because it's a cycle that's happened through history before you know before there were even countries they were just tribes out there and it was just this is a cycle that just just happened through history and we're in the middle of it so and it's not going to stop it's it's, it's nature uh you know i i was just talking about what's happening i I was just talking about this this morning and and we were going through like i said i I want to keep building on the content we we provide, and I'm about maxed out. I mean, I, I, I can't do many more shows. I want to bring the spaces back. I've got the group coaching. I, I mean, if we're going to expand content, it's going to have to be content other than just me creating or our team creating. So I, I'm looking around, and it's why I'm at this industry, and I met people like Adam and, and Alex, who I still need to talk to. But we got talking about, you know, I hate this word. I wish we could come up with something better. I used to like it. Now it's been so, so bastardized influencer. um, I just kind of hate the word, but it's the only one that, that, you know, people understand what you're talking about. But we were looking at all the influencers you might find in the trucking industry in, in different platforms. And this is my opinion. It may sound really egotistical, but there seems to be a pretty clear pattern. Um, I'll use somebody other than myself so it doesn't sound so egotistical. Um, Adam has a really tough time building a following. He works hard at it. It's growing. He's been doing it for years. He said he's been doing this 20-some years. 
Uh, he's on Twitter, and I know he's not real active on there, but he doesn't have hardly any following at all there. And yet I look around at um, TikTok, um, Instagram, places that I didn't think were, were good places to be for business. They're not really like business platforms. And yet I see people doing stuff in trucking that, that in my opinion, other than maybe entertainment, and I get that, entertainment's important too, I see people spouting some total bullshit. I mean, stuff that doesn't even work is never going to work. And if they if they pander to the negative, they build followings really fast. And I look at that and think, Correct. why is this? Why, you know, hell, I can bust my ass and not get one-tenth of the following some of these guys have. And all they're spouting is a bunch of negative bullshit. And when they do try to give advice, it's exactly wrong. And yet they're able to build big followings. And the reason is they're telling people what they want to hear. And it's a lie. Yeah. People believe it because they make it sound like the road to success is easy right. when it really isn't. It's never I mean, going to be, you know, some people, it's still is not because there's a learning process. You have to do, you have to make mistakes and like learn not to do that again. And then, you know, and when you, when you encounter something, it's like maybe you make the right decision, but then you encounter it yep. again and you make the wrong decision. And, and people are drawn to the fact that they, they get out there. Like, for example, on YouTube, there's several videos or several channels on YouTube for years that were talking about hot shot, getting a hot shot, make a million dollars. Well, they had huge followings because people believe, Oh, I got what I mean. A million dollars, but it's like, you know, they, they, and they get these followings because they tell people what they want to hear and it's not educational. Here's here's another great example that we're all familiar with. From what I understand, Noah has like 40,000 members on Facebook. I'm not sure who that account is. I haven't looked, but I'll 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 try, I'll run it down, take a look at it. Yeah, I it's all on Facebook. I haven't looked on Facebook. Yeah, I don't. I'm not on Facebook anymore. But I've heard thirty thousand, forty thousand, and and that's their membership that they claim. It, it's in a group. It's not really paid Somebody. members in their association. But I think they have built those yeah. kinds of numbers on Facebook. Hell, I can't do that in I'm, two I'm, years. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm going to make a comment right now about something on Facebook about this certain group. And it, you know, they're, they're all concerned with the rates and all like that. And it's, I, I, it's a freight side, but I'm in it. And I was talking to a guy in there last night and he basically accused me of spreading your bullshit. And that, he that's goes, what I mean. You know, <laughs> I, I told him, they, I told him he needed to pay attention to the customers and all, but the leader of that group who's a huge grifter. Yes. He, I've seen him in there say, you do not build relationships with customers because you cannot trust them. And he tells those people in there go out and, and do it with the highest rate. And I'm sitting there looking at that like, that's not going to work. That's only a short term. They're feeling it right now. And, and But he, he uses those people to sell mud flaps. He sells a factory. He's, he's, he is one of these influencers that, that he goes out there and gets these deals where – People sign up for him, and he gets a cut of it. Yeah, so that's, I know. That's you know who I'm talking about. Yeah, I do. So, uh, Te- technically, and, and he pushes that other board. 
He pushes that other board because there was a truckstop.com got on there this morning and said, we've detected over 7,000 fraud cases or whatever. We've rejected all the other ones the combined have only done like two or three. And Craig Fuller you know, said, who is that you talking about? And I just put down there, who dad? <laughs> who dad? My hand yeah. Anyway. Who dad? Yeah. So, yeah. And, you know, I was just being a, kind of a smart ass using the, using the acronym of some of, of the, the other board. And but when you can see through the bullshit, and know how it really is, and you see how they are, it's like, and it goes back to that whole thing, Ray Dalio, Changing World Order, where it talks about society, where it's like the haves, and they call it the haves, the have-nots, the people that, you know, the, you know uh, the separation of income, the people on the lower end get all jealous, and they want to, they're jealous, is what it is, of, of people who, who have made good decisions, and they want to come take that from them for, them, for themselves, and it's happened all through society. Yeah, you know, through different civil, through the whole civilization. One more so. comment about business being hard, and then I got to move along. I got to, I do have to get on the road here in a couple minutes. Um, here's why business is hard, and it's always going to be hard. When you succeed at business, the rewards are incredible. I mean, it, it's virtually unlimited. I, I, you know, people now earn billions of dollars because they started a business. That's the potential. So. In reality, the rewards in business are even bigger than anything else. Um, Taylor Swift was the first celebrity, I think, that ever reached a billion-dollar valuation. Um, it happens in business all the time. Well, actually, there was one. Well, actually, Jimmy Buffett did that before he died. But, okay. but he, he, he used Margaritaville to, to license out. Well, killing off of that. Let me tell you something, though. He was a killer, an awesome entertainer. He was a really smart businessman. He had both. And I think Taylor Swift is too, or somebody on her team is. Because she, she does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, somebody in that organization understands. So many different, I listen to her talk. Yeah. I, right. I think she understood it right off the show. So if we think uh -huh. about that, we know how hard it is to get a scholarship into a good college in sports. It's highly competitive. We know the odds of making it out of that college and becoming a, a professional paid player. The odds are astronomical, but the rewards are huge if you make it. Business has the opportunity for even bigger rewards than, than celebrities and stars and, and athletes. But there's so much competition in business that's never going away. People understand what the potential rewards are. Business will always be hard because business is extremely competitive at every level. And because of that, people look for shortcuts. Yes. Yeah. And shortcuts will almost always lead to failure. So I do have to cut you loose because I will just keep talking. Um, I want to knock out a couple more calls. I am going to turn off the phone lines. Uh, I think I've got three calls. If you're in the queue, I will get to you. Let's go to Montana. Tom, welcome to the program. Yeah. Good morning, Kevin. Hey, uh, congratulations on your coin and your trip. It sounds like it's really bearing fruit. Thank you. I don't know how long I'll have you before I before the phone drops. I'm in the middle of nowhere. Um, about the, the, my original call was the, the government and how they 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 overpay for everything. And anyway, there that GSA auctions that you see on there. 
uh, you're, the you're aware of, we talked about before, where the government sells off their surplus stuff. Right. We had a couple of Oshkoshes on there uh, yesterday that had, uh, one of them had to get 58 miles, four hours left on it, and it was going for, it was a three axle M1070, you know? Okay. And there's one on truck paper going for $185,000. Uh, the bid was like 8500 had less than like 300 miles on it, 400 hours on the thing, you know. The, the, the big old, huge things, though. Anybody that, uh, it was sort of a PSA, anybody out there that uh, does heavy hauling, that even, I don't know that they can use those, the Detroit Motor, and it's got to be worth more than what they're selling them for, though. Um, and uh, so that was that. And, but then the guy called about his daughter. Now, that's just heartbreaking. You know, our, our government is is not here to help us at all. And the only advice that I could possibly have for him is to, um, if, if he's going to take her off medication, um, don't let the doctors know. The, the government's coming in and snatching people's kids up, giving them surgeries, making them go on drugs, and, you know, just, just be careful with that route. But I would, I would think to uh, get her off of all, all social media, if you can, um, would probably be the first step to helping too. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it, 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 it. One of the things that I need to be aware of when I work with somebody like this, there are behavioral things that can help people with with anxiety. So I, I'm not going to say that you know, counseling or things like that don't work, although their track record is not very good. And and counseling alone would never, ever be enough. They have some techniques that can help reduce anxiety. I, I don't understand the behavioral side enough to even address it. I, I think like you do that uh, social media is horrible for these kids. I think it creates tons of anxiety. But there's also sometimes you got to be careful. It, it, maybe she derives some comfort from some of it. So if I don't, if I'm not fully confident in what I'm doing that it really works, I would just rather stay away from it. So I'm going to really hit the nutritional side hard because I know that one. I'm confident. I know exactly what I'm doing. I know what results I should see. If I don't see the results, I know how to fix it. I, the behavioral side, I'm lost. I, re I don't understand any of that stuff. Um, talk therapy to me has never made a whole lot of sense. But I, but I, I also don't want to say that it, it can't help because I think a good counselor can, can give people some tools and some techniques that will never fix the problem but can relieve some of the symptoms which, which can be powerful. I'd much rather have something like that than a drug trying to relieve the symptom. No, we're, we're, we're totally on the same page with that. I mean, the nutrition can only help. It can't hurt. And then um, I have one more story about our, our wonderful medical system. So about three weeks ago, I was going to run a bath at a hotel in Las Vegas. Nice hotel. So I turned on the water, walked back in there, and the water had splashed on the floor, and I took a bad spill, real bad, and came down, three ribs, hurt my shoulder a little bit, and then two days later, my knee blows up twice its size. Most pain that I've, you remember, we're talking about gout pain, which wasn't yeah. comfortable at all. But this was the most pain that I've ever been in in my entire life. So 
uh, after two days of not being able to sleep, I finally just went to the emergency room, which I've never done in my entire life. Wow. And I know it's going to be expensive, and I know I'm going to be paying it off, right? But So I, I roll in there, and uh, the guy, <clears throat> the guy uh, takes x-rays, uh, says, yeah, there's nothing we can do about your ribs. Uh, your knee put me in a, in that, I think it was an MRI. Uh, don't see anything. Gives me five milligrams of Oxycontin and, uh, 500 milligrams of, um, uh, Tylenol basically. And they kicked me out. So I get the, I get the bill, you know, and, and I'm talking to the guy. I said, Hey, there's fluid. You just told me there's fluid under the knee. It's not blood. I said, tap it. He says, well, we don't have a surgery room here. Blah, 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 blah. I said, I used to work with horses in New Mexico, and the trainer would spray it with Lysol, wipe it with a paper towel, and tap it. I said, "Just tap the damn thing." <laughs> oh, I, I can't, I can't do that. I, you know, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll relieve the pressure, but it'll go down. And t- I said, "Duck, I'm in pain. You don't understand. And you give me five milligrams of this shit. It, it's doing nothing, you know." Right. And so, anyway, I get the bill. <clears throat> I get the bill. I'm there maybe two hours, right? Guess how much the bill is? I don't even want to try to guess. It's over twenty thousand dollars for the ER. Okay, and that's see, not including the doctor. Uh, see, something. I, uh, all we need is one example like that to know our medical system is so horribly broken uh, that I don't even know what we do with it. That that is so illogical, nonsensical, and, and you can't. You can't. We can't live like that. We can't operate with a medical system that charges insane rates and makes everybody sicker. Oh, and, and and at the start of the year, I went on the Obamacare website, and they they had this thing where I'd have to pay three hundred a month. <laughs> My deductible. So I'm I'm uh, but I'm I'm responsible for the first I don't know, forty two thousand dollars or something like that. And I'm all like, well, geez, you know. The only thing that's going to happen to me pretty much is going to be a heart attack or something like that. And that either I'll make it or I won't make it. Not looking that I'm going to fall down in the bathroom like an old man. I know. So, so I get a phone call from a lady that uh, was referred to from, I didn't negotiate, I mean, uh, instigate this call from a lady that worked through some government agency to see if she can help me with the bill. Gives me a bunch of questions. Do you have a job? I said, yeah, I'm not working right now because I can't walk, blah, blah, blah. Um, well, um, do you pay taxes? Do you own your own? Well, oh, yeah, well, I'm sorry. She, I can hear her punching in the computer. Yeah, we can't help you. You know, I'm all like, you can't, you know. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I knew Spanish, you know, and then I just told him my name is Juan, I wouldn't have a bill for 20-something thousand dollars. And, and this is just <laughs> out of hand, man. Just out of hand. I know. I anyway, know. That's my that's my story, you know. Yeah, it's a mess. All right, Tom. Good hearing from you. I'm going to take this last call. I uh, I think there are people standing outside waiting. Let's uh, let's go to Nebraska. Paul, welcome. Hey, Kevin. Uh, I just wanted to go over my oil sample with you real quick. It's sure. my second one with this sure. truck. And, and and we don't need to rush. Um, don't worry. Let's see. So we are looking at a Volvo. What year? Twenty. Are you using Catalyst? And, uh, yes, sir. I am. Uh, and ignore that eleven gallons added. I I had a pickup when I was filling it out. <laughs> I didn't no add any gallons. All right. So when we've got forty thousand miles on the oil, is that correct? 
answer. Okay. This is actually a really good sample. I see nothing in here I would be concerned about at all. Uh, no, your silicon's only seven. You're fine. Oh, I thought it said it was ten. No, it's seven on the sample I'm looking at, and seven's fine. Oh, okay. I thought it was the, the ten one. Nope, no. It's uh, it's so. Uh, I'll address the things they did flag. The iron is flagged at a level one. It's because of the catalyst. It doesn't hurt a thing, so ignore that one completely. The next thing in yellow is boron. Ignore it completely. It means absolutely nothing. The only one I'm concerned about, and it's a super easy problem to fix, is you are low on base. And after 40,000 miles, that is, it, we're, we're pushing these engines farther and farther and farther on oil changes, which is awesome. We need more base in some of these oils. I hope the, the oil companies catch on and start adding a little base. But the good news is you can just add it yourself. I think Pittsburgh Power now sells a, a base additive. Okay. The only thing I was worried about was I was, from listening, I was trying to remember what the coolant was because I only had to add not even a gallon of coolant, and I thought I saw and remembered hearing something. That's what I was worried about. No, you're so the way we detect coolant in oil is by watching for both sodium and potassium at the same time, and those numbers need to get pretty high up into the double digits. Uh, almost triple digits before it really tells us that there's an internal leak and you are low. You're like three and six. That, that's, that's absolutely nothing on sodium. You have no coolant in this oil whatsoever. Okay. And uh, since I bought this truck in February, I haven't had an overhead ran on it with these samples. And I was looking at the dilution, the fuel dilution. I don't, think I would do it, but eventually I will. Uh, I was just needed to talk to or get a hold of Joel on social media. I know he said there's a couple things to make sure you do when you run it. Yes. Yeah. And he'll, he'll pitch you exactly, you know, what to tell the shop, what to ask them. So you know that they're, they're understanding it and they're going to do it right. Uh, but as far as the oil sample, this looks really clean. Okay. And, uh, I just had another quick question about Nastic. Do they uh, are they open to lease on drivers that don't have their own authority? Uh, Nastic is not a trucking company. Nastic is an association that you I said the association. Yeah. Uh, may ask. Do they take on lease on operators? Oh, oh, okay. They do, but and I'm gonna I'm gonna get some clarification on this from David um, this weekend because I'm not sure if they've changed the policy on this or not. Call them though, and they'll explain it to you. The answer is yes. At one time, I know if you had less than five trucks or you didn't have your authority, they you had to attend their new entrance training first. Now, I think they might be doing something a little different. I think I heard somebody say that you can join right away. Um, and if you take the course, there's a bonus or a discount or something. I don't remember. I, I want to get the details on that. But that you can join, so you should call them and they'll explain it to you. Um, if by chance you decide to take their new entrance training program, which is an excellent one-day program, um, if you could make it there on December 8th, which is their next class, I'll be at that class. Oh, okay. And, uh, I've been doing a lot of hard work on my numbers and just a quick overview. Uh, 
I'm grossing 237 a mile, and I got my profit to 105. Fantastic. That is, uh, congratulations. Those are really good numbers. And uh, I just want to say thank you for all that you give everybody the knowledge. That's where it is, and I just I just wanted to thank you again. Well, you are welcome. Thank you for the support. I appreciate it. All right, we've got to wrap this up. I got all kinds of people beating on my door and sending me texts and asking what's going on, and um, I got to get out of here. Uh, Brent Hutto and I, Brent from truckstop.com. Brent's going to join me. I'm, uh, I'm going to drop him off. His car is in Birmingham at the airport. Uh, and instead of him waiting all day to get a flight down to Birmingham, it's an, only a two and a half hour drive and I'm going that way anyway. So, uh, Brent and I are going to hang out. We may even, uh, I don't know. We may shoot some videos. We may put up some content. I'm sure we'll come up with all kinds of ideas. Uh, and I'll let you know what comes of that. Thanks for joining me today. We, um, I wondering if I should call an audible today. Now I'll do the show tomorrow. Um, I'll just make it happen. We will see you back here tomorrow. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.